It's almost afternoon now, right? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We got kids' church. After the announcements, we're going to have kids' church after the offering. Prayer meeting Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. Amen. And don't forget our, our Christmas concert on the 20th. And practice every Friday, right, hon? Friday, practice, 7 o'clock. Yes. Monday, the 14th, uh, 7 o'clock. Julie will let you know. Yeah, we'll let Brian and Daryl. All right, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God is good, amen? All the time. And we're believing God's going to do great and mighty things in this place. Amen? (laughs) You might not think it's possible, but it's possible. There's great and mighty things going on already. Already. God's moving. Amen? Amen. Let's take up an offering. Amen? Come on down, Grace. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for this tithe and offering. And I pray, Father God, for your anointing upon our finances and anointing upon your people. Lord God, I thank you for those that are faithful, Lord God, to you, Lord God, and faithful to your calling. And Lord God, I just pray that you would bless each one of them abundantly. That, Lord God, that you would prosper them. That you would bless the work of their hands. That, Lord God, that you would just increase in their homes and increase in their lives lord god most of all lord we pray for your holy spirit to have his way today in jesus name amen amen Amen. thank you lord thank you jesus hallelujah Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God is good, amen, all the time? God's doing great and mighty things, amen? God's working. He never stops working. He never stops working. He's working on our behalf, amen? Kids, if you want, you can get dismissed. And go to the back. Grandma will be right back there. Amen. Amen. And uh, Jules, do you want to go back there for a little bit and monitor to them guys until Grandma gets back there? That'll be great. You can put on a video, Jules, if you want. I think there's kids' videos back there. Thank you, Lord. The title of my sermon today is Being Rooted in Christ. Being Rooted in Christ. It's a huge key to Christian living is being rooted in Christ. Amen? You can't have it without it. It comes from Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 through 7. We got it up there on the board. 
Praise you, Jesus. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith, As you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray right now on on this message, Lord God, today. That, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. That, Father, you would open our eyes and open our hearts to receive all that you have for us. That, Lord, you would go before us. That, Lord God, that you would clear out anything that is blocking, Lord God, us from receiving from you, Lord God. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. And we pray, Father God, for your anointing on this service. And anything that is not from me, Lord God, would fall away. But anything, Lord Jesus, that is from you, you would put it in our hearts. And we would have it there, Lord God, forever. In our heart, your word. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This scripture is a key to Christian living. You know, a lot of people that have received Christ Jesus over their time and have prayed the salvation prayer believe that that's all they have to do. That's all they have to do. Well, living a life as a Christian is much more than just praying the salvation prayer. That's the first step, is getting saved. Your life with Christ at that moment just begins. Amen? It just begins. What you have to do afterwards is you've got to get yourself rooted in the Word. Amen? Amen. You got to get yourself into some good soil so that you can grow and prosper. Because otherwise, if you don't, you're going to wither away. If you don't get watered, if you don't get fed. You know, when Julie and I were going to uh, Landmark Church, our brother-in-law Dan's years ago, I don't know how many years ago, One of the things that we had to do was take this class before we could do anything with the ministry. And we'd had to be in the church for a year before we can do anything involved with the ministry. And there's a reason for that. And it's a good reason because we need to know where people are coming from. You know what I mean? You need to know where people's hearts are at and where they're coming from. And it it was good because the class was actually based on this scripture in Colossians Chapter 2, being rooted and built up in Christ. And I'm not saying that you have to, there's a formula for anything, because with God there is no formula. There's not a formula. But what you have to do as a leader is you have to discern. You have to have discernment. And you have to have control of some sort. And you got to let the Holy Spirit have full control. But you got to know where people are coming from. Amen? Amen. It's really important. Amen. 
And it's even more important in these days that we're living in, because there is a lot of deception out there. Amen? There is a lot of deception going on right now, even in the church. There's a lot of deception. So if you're not deeply rooted in Christ and in the Word, if you don't know it, if you don't have a sure foundation of who Jesus is, who God is, and who the Holy Spirit is, then you're going to be tossed to and fro with every wave of doctrine that comes around. Amen? You're going to be pulled out by the devil. You're going to be pulled out by the devil. That's being pulled out of the church. Especially when you're not rooted in faith. In Christ Jesus. Because something other than God comes along and it pulls you away. Distracts you. Takes your attention. Keeps you from the word. Keeps you from prayer. Keeps you from gathering together. Gathering together with the brethren. It's so important that we gather together with the brethren. It's so important. The word says don't forsake gathering together. Because once you start forsaking it, once you start not coming on a regular basis, what happens? You get distractions. You get pulled away. You get other things that are before God. That are more, oh, you think they have a higher priority. I'm telling you right now, the highest priority that we can have in our life is God. He is number one, number uno. You got to have him first in your life. Because otherwise, something else is fighting for that position in your life and in your mind and in your spirit. And if you don't have God there as the head and first, then you got something else up there that you shouldn't have. A lot of, you know, we're spiritual beings. We're spiritual beings. Right? All of us. All of us have the Spirit of God in them. All of us have a spirit in us. And all those that accept Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior have their spirit of God within them. In uh, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. But what happens is, to a lot of people, I call them seekers, because they're seeking spiritual things. And they could be starting out seeking good things. But they get deceived. Because the devil is a deceiver. He dresses as an angel of light. Right? To deceive many. But what happens is, people get caught up. And they're seeking for God and they get... They get distracted on things. They get called in things. The devil pulls them in directions where they're seeking their powers from crystals, from witchcraft. I know this. It's in my own family. It is. And I pray against it in Jesus' name. 
Even though they've heard the good news of the gospel. They're into psychics, witchcraft, crystals. And you know, Hollywood has made a great portrayal of how cool it is to be a witch or a vampire or whatever they are, werewolves. You know, Hollywood goes out and they make all these movies and it's like, well, that's pretty cool. I don't even know them. But I know they portray these things and a lot of people look up to them and they think that's the way to live. It's even with gaming. There's a lot of people that are trapped in gaming and they think they're the person that they're whoever they created. I don't even know. I don't even have a game station or whatever it's called. <laughs> a game station. My wife's laughing at me. Because I don't know. Yeah. But they get so wrapped up in it. And it's a distraction. And you know, a lot of people, they don't even know it, but they're playing with fire. You know, they're playing with fire. And pretty soon what happens, they get so involved in it, they get deeply involved in it, that they get scared all of a sudden until something really scary comes along. Some true demonic force comes along and scares them. That maybe they will turn then. Who knows? But this is why it's so important that we are rooted and built up in Christ Jesus. Amen? It's so important. I can't stress it enough. Most of you guys out there are young. You're all young. Let's put it that way. We're all children of God. And you need the word as a sure foundation. And you need brothers and sisters that will support you and pray for you. And you need to gather together another brethren to be edified so we can come into this house and fill it with worship. You know? So we can get filled up and charged up, and fueled up, and ready to go back out and face the world again. Colossians 3, chapter 8 says this, See to it that no one takes you captive. Not just no one takes you captive, but no thing. You know, it's not just no one, but see to it that nothing takes you captive. No thing out there takes you captive. And I mean by captive, and I believe the word is saying this by captive, is by just it's your mind takes your mind captive. That's why we have the armor of God, the helmet of salvation to protect us. That's why we apply the blood of Jesus to our minds. That's why the word says, let this mind be in me that's in Christ Jesus. Because the thoughts start in your mind. And you need to cover it with the blood of Jesus to cleanse you. You know, the, eye, the, the doorway of the Spirit is your eyes. So what are you looking at all the time? What are you watching? 
What are you consuming your spirit with? What are you feeding your spirit? We need to feed our spirits with the word of God. See to it that no one or nothing, no thing takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. See, deceptive. The devil is deceptive. He'll bring you a strong delusion. He's a deceiver. The word says he's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's a thief. And all he wants to do is pull you away from your calling of what God has on your life. And he'll pull every trick and every tactic out of his bag to do whatever he can to to pull you away. Because he's a deceiver. But don't be fooled by him or his philosophy, his smooth talk, which depends on human traditions and the basic principles of this world. You see, because we're not of this world, are we? The world, the Bible says that we are aliens. (laughs) Our home is not this world. And a lot of us make this home, this world our home. And we got to realize that, you know, one day we're going to be gone. And this world is not going to matter. And everything we've did in this world is not going to matter. All my belongings, I can't take it with me. You know, I was talking to a gentleman. I know him well, and he's like, well, I'm going to tape all my money to me when I die. I'm going to like, well, what good is that? Your body's going to the grave. Right? Your spirit's going to heaven. You can't tape all your money to you when you die. Go ahead. It'll be there buried with you, with your flesh. No good. Can't take it with you. We can't live, and we don't live by the principles of this world. We live by God's principle, God's ways, His ways, not our ways, God's ways. You know, we have to come, at some point in our lives, we have to come to this realization. Christ doesn't just save our lives. He is our lives. He doesn't just save us. And he does save us. But he does so much more for that for us. Christ is our lives. He should be everything about you. He should be in everything you're doing. He should be in your very thoughts. He should be in your very words. He should be in your very deeds and in the work of your hands. When we're working, we're not working for man. We're working as unto the Lord. You know, that's what we're doing. When we're living, we're not living for ourselves. We're living for Christ who lives in us. We have to get to the point where God is not just our Savior because He is, but He's also who lives in us. He's not just saves our lives. He is our lives. 
That's why each, each day we die to ourselves and we're being changed more and more into His image. Till we all look more and more like Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. And to find that way of life, and the only way to find that way of life, is that we must allow His Spirit to put to death all that is contrary to Christ in our bodies. In other words, we got to say, Holy Spirit, take everything that's in me, that's not of you, and put it to the cross. So that way I can be filled with your Spirit and filled with Christ Jesus. That's what we have to do. Amen? Amen. Each day. And I'm telling you, it's not an easy walk. Being a Christian is no pie in the sky. It's no easy walk. And it's not going to get easier according to the Word in the days that we're living in. It's going to get harder. The devil's going to bring more attacks, more temptations, more things to distract us, more things to worry about. God says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And you see, we can't forget that. We can't never forget that. Our job is not to worry. You know, I spent a whole night when our cows got loose and they were out. And all I did was worry. All I did was worry. I could not sleep. I was worried about this, worried about that. I was worried that somebody was going to get hurt. I was worried they're going to destroy somebody's property. Who knows? I was worried they were going to get killed. I don't know. But all these thoughts were going through my mind. And I had some great advice from some non-Christian friends, actually. They said, Chris, don't worry. Those cows are going to show up somewhere. And you know what? I, I couldn't disagree with them because it was the truth. The cows are going to show up somewhere. And you know what? They did. And they two different farms. One was 10 miles away. The other was two and a half. But they showed up somewhere. And they showed up to other farms and to other cows. And these people were gracious enough to open their gates and let the little cows in. The three little calves. You know? And I learned a huge lesson from that. All my worrying and all my fretting wasn't going to bring the cows home. <laughs> cows were coming home because of my worrying, because of my fretting, because I couldn't sleep. I mean, I was up. Several times in the night, I got up at like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm out trying to make a pen, thinking, well, when we catch them, we got to put them somewhere, where they're not going to get out of the fence again. And I was just stressed out and worried about it. But God showed me. He goes, you know what? All this worry was for nothing. All this stress was for nothing. And you need to not worry, and you need to trust me more, even with the littlest things as the cows. You know, even with the littlest things as the cows. And we can all learn a lesson from, from that. That God is in control. No matter what happens, God has a plan. And the last thing he wants us to do is to worry about anything. 
or to stress about anything, but to give it to him. I mean, I sat there and I pleaded with God and I said, God, I'm so sorry. I failed you big time. You know, you know, and I'm so thankful that you brought these three little cows home, you know, and forgive me for all of my worrying, all of my fretting and all my fussing. I had to come to the realization that Christ has got everything in his hands. And I have to come to the realization that he's got plans for us to prosper us and for us to be in good health. And I shouldn't worry about anything, but I should just trust God with everything. Even with this little congregation, God's got great plans. And we're going to be faithful to it no matter what. Amen. And we're going to stick with it until God says no. But I don't think God would say no. Not that I wouldn't be listening for that answer. I mean, he would say no to certain things that you shouldn't be in. That's for sure. Because he wants you out of those things. But not no to your calling. Because you know what? Your calling comes back around. And it comes back around. And it comes back around. And we're going to stay faithful to it. And we're going to see what God does. We're going to trust Him, and we're going to rely on Him only. Amen? Amen. So God doesn't just save our lives. He doesn't just save our lives. But He wants us to put Him first in everything we do. He wants us to realize that He is our life. He is our life. He's every bit of our life. Everything we do should be around Him and should be Christ-centered. Amen? He is our lives. You got to bear with me because I'm like all over my... I don't even have... I don't even know where I am on my notes. I'm going all over them. I'm just trying to be led here by the Spirit. A lot of people out there look for alternatives. A lot of people look for alternatives on ways to live. They look for ways that are not His ways. Because they don't want to obey God's Word. Or they don't want to live a moral life according to God's Word. A lot of people think that God's word is boring and restrictive. And you're so wrong. They're so deceived. They're so wrong in that. Because truly living for God and living for his spirit is such a fulfilling and a rewarding life. It's living a full life. And you cannot live a full life outside of Christ. I'm sorry. Because you know what? You're going to be looking for something else. You're always going to be looking for something else. Something that's bigger, something that's better. And you're going to be running. You keep running away from God. And pretty soon you get so tired of running away from God that you fall down and you stumble. And you get to a point where it's like, 
There's nowhere else to go but God. And for some people, they have to get to that point. There's nowhere else to go. I've tried everything. I've done everything. And they say, you know what? Finally, I'm going to surrender my life to God. And I'm going to give Him control. And I'm going to try God. And there truly is no other fulfilling way to live than living by God's Holy Spirit. There's no other exciting way to live than by living by the Holy Spirit of God. There's not. Oh, the only other way leads to death. And it's a lie. It's a deception. You know, Jesus, Jesus told us a parable in Matthew chapter 13. And I'm going to read from chapter 13, 1. All the way to verse 30. So if you got your Bibles, you can turn there. And it's the parable of the sower. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the lake. And he said, Such large crowds gathered around him that he had to get into a boat. And he sat in it, while all the people stood on shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly. Because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still others fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, thirty times what was sown. He who has an ear, let him hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? Jesus replied, The knowledge, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will ever be hearing, but never understanding. You will ever be seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused, they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. You know, when I read that portion of that scripture, I cannot help but think of all the people that are lost. I cannot help but think of all the people 
that have hardened their hearts to the gospel of Christ, that have hardened their hearts to the truth, that have closed their minds to the word of God. Even to the people that have heard the word, that are running from the word, that have shut God's word out, who know the truth. But they're running from the truth. It makes me sad. It makes me sad. It makes me, all I can picture in my mind is Jesus out there with his arms wide open weeping for them. Saying, if you would just turn to me, I can hear him pleading with them. If you just turn to me, if you just give me your heart, If you just turn to me, then I will heal you. I will set you free. I will give you salvation. I will put your feet on a sure rock and a foundation that I've given to you. And it makes me sad that people still, even when they're in the face of Jesus, turn from them. It makes me think of how hard are their hearts? How hard are their hearts? What's happened to them in their lives? Why are they so callous to the truth? Why do they shut God out? When all He wants for them is the best. When all He's given to them is His best. When all God's given to us is His best. He gave us His Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. He gave us His very best. I think their hearts, I mean, I don't know. All I know is that I was lost one day, and then one day I was found. (laughs) And when the day I was found, my life changed. And it's never been the same. And I wasn't a church-going person. I didn't have anybody speaking to me. I didn't have anybody praying for me that I knew of. I didn't have a pastor come up to me and say, you need to change. No. All I did was hear God's voice one day, homeless, on a park bench in Utah. And my life changed instantly, that moment. Instantly. And I know that if God could have reached me, then He can reach anybody. But I think, and I, and, I, and I don't fully understand it, I won't fully understand until I go to heaven, I'm sure of it, is that why are people so hard to that when all God is trying to do is reach them? When all God is trying to do is reach our hearts. To love on us. Why do they reject His love? What's happened to them? Why do they blame God? For all their hurts in their lives. And some people, I don't know why, but they feel that way. 
for all their hurts and everything in their lives that's happened, they blame God. They blame them. They curse them. They hate them. When all God wants to do is love them. And cherish them. And comfort them. And give them peace. And give them joy. And give them health. It's like what Jesus said. Otherwise they might see with their eyes. Understand with their hearts. And turn. And he would heal them. I don't know who this might be for, but for somebody out there who's dabbling along in witchcraft, dabbling along in crystals or psychics or anything else that's got their heart captured that's not of God, or they've been hurt by someone in the church, a pastor, a leader, anyone, somebody they've looked up to all their lives, broke their heart, All I know is that Jesus is saying to you right now is that if you would just turn to me, then I will heal you. If you would just turn to me, I'll give you peace. If you'll just turn to me, I'll give you rest for your soul. If you'll just turn to me, I'll give you water that will quench your thirst. If you'll just come home, If you'll just come home to me, then I'll give you protection. Amen? I don't know who that's for. Somebody in here or somebody on the internet. But God is saying to you, just turn to me. Just turn to me. Verse 16. Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Many prophets, many a wise men. Long for that day that Jesus was going to be there walking. They knew the prophecies. They knew the word. They knew the scripture. They knew it was going to be fulfilled. And I'd like to say blessed are us that are living in this day. Because we're going to see Jesus come riding across that hill on the clouds on his white horse. Amen. We're going to see Jesus again. Then he goes on and he says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and it snatches away what was sown in his heart. Just like I I was saying, we need to be rooted and built up. Because if we don't, then what happens? The devil comes and he snatches you away. This is the seed sown along the path. 
The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man whose heart, who hears, excuse me, who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since it has no root, he lasts only a short time. So when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. So in other words, for those who hear the word and accept Jesus and are Christians, as soon as hard times come, they get weak. Thank God Jesus didn't give up on us, huh? Because I'm telling you, he went through some hard times. He went through persecution. They nailed him to the cross. He never gave up once. He never flinched once. He was a pure spotless lamb that was led to the slaughter, the word says. He never gave up on us. I want you to hear that Jesus never gives up on you. He'll never give up on you. He's fighting for you every day. He never gives up. He never stops working. He'll never give up on you. Man will fail you, but God will never fail you. Amen? The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out, making it unfruitful. Listen, we got to be careful. Don't be deceived by wealth. Everything that is good isn't, or everything that is golden isn't good. Let's put it that way. Don't be deceived by wealth. It's a deception. People can get trapped in there. Putting money first. Put God first. Put God first. And he'll give you everything you ever needed. And then some. Put God first. Don't put money first. Don't put worries first. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Amen? Amen. That's why it's important when you get saved, you get built up into a church. You get rooted, you get built up, get yourself planted in some good soil. Get fed, get watered, get fertilized. Get built up. Because the world will show you no mercy. The only place you're going to find mercy is in the kingdom of God. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his His enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, 
Didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servant asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both them grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles, and to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. All kinds of things right there I can preach on. One of them. One of them is my question was, where was the sower when he sowed his seed? Why wasn't he keeping watch of his field when the enemy came and sold wheat and sold weeds in there? That's why we have to keep watch. Right? We have to be watchmen. We have to watch over the seeds we sow. Because otherwise the enemy's going to sneak in when you're sleeping. And he's going to sow a bunch of weeds in there. So you got to watch. You got to keep watch. Thank you, Jesus. Got to keep watch. Watch over your seed. That's why we got to be rooted in the word. Rooted in the kingdom. Rooted and built up. I can't stress it enough. It's a key to, it's a key to surviving in these days. Turn to me and I'll heal your lands. Turn to me and I'll heal you. What the word says. Only Jesus can heal your wounds. He can heal and he can restore your spirit. He said it in Psalms 147.3. That he heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. Jesus heals the brokenhearted. And he binds up their wounds. And he says that today to all of us. Trust in him. Don't trust in man. Man will fail you, but God will never fail you. Amen. And when you're rooted and built up in the word of God. Then you will know this in your heart. And you'll know that he loves you. Each and every one of you. And that he's got good plans for you. Amen. Let's close. In prayer. And we're going to close with this scripture. We've been reading it all week. Romans 8. says, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I pray your anointing upon this service and upon your people. And I pray, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to speak to each one of us. And Lord, anything that was of me, I pray would fall away. But anything that's of you, Lord God, would stick to our hearts. Bless us this day as we go forth from here, Lord God. Bless each one of us and protect us. And I pray that your angels would minister to us as we leave today. And I praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You guys may be dismissed. If anybody needs prayer, then I'd be glad to pray for them and anoint them. Amen.